0: Yeah, I'm really happy to be here, which is, uh, you know, that's very odd because um, <laughs> first of all, I had to get in my car, I had to drive to Orange County, come to a meeting where I don't know anybody in Orange County. And uh, it's just really weird. If you know who I am, if you know where I come from, if you know, you know what excites me, this is not fucking it. <laughs> you know what I mean? Bunch of lame people who couldn't control their drinking, smoking cigarettes outside of, you know, this
1: place, but there's actually no place I'd rather be,
0: you know? Um, and that has to do with the God of my own understanding, people like you, And 22 years ago and change, getting beaten into a state of reasonableness. You know, where I had 10 days in dry in a men's facility in Palm Springs, I had a a spiritual experience that Sonia referred to. Like, I just went over to say hi to her just cause I saw her like writing, you know, it's the 10 minutes because she's writing notes like, I gotta go over and talk to this woman.
1: <laughs>
0: and I, I introduced myself and she had seen me somewhere else, blah, blah, blah. And within like 30 seconds, she told me she'd had a spiritual experience in the second step. I'm like,
1: I had a fucking spiritual experience in the first step. And that's what it's all about. Like the whole purpose of this thing and it says it right in this thing this is a big book
0: if anybody's confused um i was very confused when they put it in my hand the first time and um it says in this book the whole point of the book is not to help you stop drinking not to help you get your girlfriend back not to help you you know get healthy the whole point of that book is to help you find a god that can solve all your problems i.e. have a spiritual experience now That's not the funniest thing to talk about. It's not the sexiest thing to
1: talk about,
0: but it's the whole point of why we're here. More about that later. Um, I'm from Boston. I'm from a long line of uh, Irish drunks, angry Irish drunks. My dad was an alcoholic. My mother was mentally ill. I'm from four brothers, two of us, have survived the disease two of them didn't they're alive but they have that half-life that we all know very well right and in my family when you get when you just when you just surrender to the half-life you kind of die on a couch in your mid-60s all alone you know in south here in brockton wherever how long am i how long am i talking for
1: 40 minutes
0: left. 40 minutes left, okay. Um, So, yeah, like fucking crazy, crazy Irish Catholic family. No parents, you know, crazy mother, alcoholic dad, and four boys who really didn't have parents. And um, I was terrified as a result of, uh, you know, growing up that way. I was alcoholic right out of the gate. You know, I, I, I had a hundred forms of fear.
1: I was prideful. I didn't want anybody to know that I was terrified all the time. There's a
0: picture of me that's circulating in my family this year. It's me on a Santa in Filene's basement. You know, you're two years old. Parents put you on this guy, you know, this guy's lap in a Santa suit. And I'm looking at him like, like, what this look like? seriously who the fuck are you you know like i was just fucking terrified of everything santa was not fun santa was not funny there was no fun in my family uh i found alcohol at about 17 so my life is kind of now divided into three three parts horror for the first 17 18 that i find alcohol awesome freedom because alcohol gave me freedom i think it's funny that they um that they named the disease after the cure.
2: <laughs> you know what I
0: mean? Like alcohol is my fucking cure,
1: right? And it worked for those 17 years. Founded at 17, you know, I got about 20 years of drinking it and it worked and it worked. You know, I have four, I have four children Um, They all went to private schools, two cars in the garage, a couple houses, you know, I'm an actor, I'm on TV, I'm in movies, you know,
0: dying of alcoholism, dying of alcoholism. But as long as I could take the edge off in the evenings, I could keep going, right? Right?
1: How can you be an alcoholic? You run triathlons. How can you be an alcoholic? You do this, that and the other thing. You know what I mean?
0: And that was always the thing that kept me up. Like, how can I do the shit that I do? And And the wreckage, you know, for me, it was just the cost of doing business, right? Just the cost of doing, shit happens, right?
1: Sorry, people get hurt. Kids get scared. Jobs get compromised. So, alcohol is my cure, you know? We have 12 steps. Alcohol is mentioned in the first half of the first step. The rest is all about change, right? So I do
0: one, I did one out there. You know, I did did all the work on one when I was out there. Did all the drinking? All the I end up in a facility in Palm Springs, a men's facility. I end up in this. I end up in this facility because I've. I'm divorced from my first um, my first wife, my college sweetheart. We had three children. Like starving actor, both budding alcoholics, and what do we do? We start having children. I have you know. Crazy, but we did it. And fortunately stuff worked out for us and the kids and blah, blah, blah. So my three older children grew up in an alcoholic
1: home just like me. The last thing that I wanted to have happen, but it's, it's a family disease. So six years um, after being divorced from
0: her, I married a, I married a woman and she escorted. And she was awesome. She was awesome just like me, you know, cleaned up really well and loved the life, loved the double life. We both lived the double life that they talked about. And I pissed her off one night to such a degree that she left the event. So we went to, we were at an event in um, Del Mar and um, I just pissed her off. We'd gone to the event and then we come back to the hotel where we were staying. And, uh, and we're walking through the lobby of the Delmar Hilton. I'll never forget. And she says, let's go upstairs. By then, you know, we would have just a normal night out. Four or five vodkas in the room, smoke a joint, go to the event, drink a few bottles of wine, have some more vodka. And that's just like, I'm just perfect right there, right? Like I'm still charming. Still so funny that's like that was that was three by the hotel and i said um i'm just going to what's going go into the bar and have a drink and she said, let's go up to the room we don't have the kids we're up to the room we'll have fun like i'm just gonna go in what's that one she said i'm going up to the room come up after one so you know what happens i got a pack of cigarettes have a martini have another martini have another martini and i'm sitting there and these uh these women they i can only describe them as like golf pro lesbians <laughs> this is like maybe 22 years yeah this is like 23 years ago with haircuts you know beefy and uh and they walk in and they're sitting uh at a at a table Drinking, social, you know, loving each other so much, and there's nothing I love more than romanticizing a situation. I'm just looking at them, and I got my smokes, and I got my drinks, and probably half the people there know who I am, but no one's bothering me. Just drinking, so I I feel I have to go over and just congratulate them on their lifestyle and how far, how great it is we've come this far, and I grab my drink smokes. I walk over, I sit down. I say, guys, I was just watching you across the room. It's just fucking amazing that this, I mean, that you guys are doing what you're doing with each other and the love and the, and um, I sit down, I start massaging their heads, blah, blah, blah. <laughs> like, you know, like, doesn't that feel good though? I know you don't want it, but doesn't that feel good? And my, uh, my six foot tall, very athletic Very crazy alcoholic wife comes down into the bar. I stand up and she just fucking cold cocks me. (laughs) Turns around, walks to the room. I'm like, honey, come on,
1: honey, 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 honey. Gets to the room. I'm following
0: her. Come on, don't overreact. You're a lesbian, it's no big deal. Throws everything that we brought to the hotel. In the in a no in her bag, the bag that we took goes down, gets in the car that we took, and leaves me there to like just empty the minibar because that's what I do, right? And then probably go down. I think I went down to the lobby to try and get cash to like you know get some company and uh, anyway. I wake up in the morning and I get, this is, I wake up in the morning, I put all the clothes I have in a pillowcase. I walk to the train station and I take the train back to Union Station. And I I call my buddy Ed B on the way there. And I say, hey, can you pick me up? The shit has hit the fan in Del Mar. And he goes, yeah, I heard. (laughs) She had woken up that morning and she had called everyone in my family. And I had a lot of sober friends by then because I didn't drink like they drank. I was able to, called all of them, called my parents, called everybody and um, the wagons were circling. She also called my ex-wife, my first wife, who sadly is, sadly is actually dying of alcoholism as we
1: speak. They are both alcoholics. Neither of them got sober, but they thought like, we'll get them.
0: We'll get him. It wasn't, they didn't want me to get sober. It was just the worst punishment punishment they could think of at the time. And they arranged for a place for me to go. I got home. The kids were gone. Kids had been sent to Santa Barbara to their moms. I had custody of my children. That's kind of alcoholic. I am like, you're not fucking with my children. I'm the, I'm the guy?
1: Yeah. But
0: I'll get custody. Fucking watch me. And it did. <laughs> so you can imagine how fun it was for my children. At our, it wasn't intense at all. They didn't actually know I was an alcoholic. They just knew things were really, really intense
1: at our house. So anyway, there's a thing on the, there's a thing, pamphlet. You go there or they don't come
0: home. And every day, they don't come home. They don't go to school. I mean, they, they, they don't go to school, they don't go to practice, they don't go to the choir, they don't go to all their, you know, their stuff. And they had me. They're, that's my Achilles heel. You can say, we're taking the dogs, we're taking the car, we're taking the house. I'm like, great, take them. But you say, you, we're fucking, you're fucking with the kids. They had me. I got picked up the next day by a
1: guy. He drove me to this place called Michael's House in Palm Springs. I walked in there and... Uh, I really still did. That's the thing about alcoholism. They told me this early on, and I
0: still find it incredibly profound. We have a disease that tells us we don't have a disease. Even with all the wreckage, the DUI, all the shit that had gone down, all the people I'd hurt, the damage I'd done to myself, I still walking into that rehab didn't think I had a problem. You know, I drank. I'm a drinker but I can not drink sometimes. I can moderate sometimes. So that was the thing. And we have a disease that tells us we don't have a disease. So I walked in there and for 10 days I did what they told me to do. You know, I want you to love me, right? Like even right now, even right now, I want you to love me. Like I'm looking around for the motherfucker on his phone right now. You know what I'm saying? That's me, right? Who's on his fucking phone? You know what I mean? Be on your phone. I don't give a shit, but, but I want to know who you are. I'll see if you come up and say thank you, right?
1: <laughs>
0: so I went in there and I did everything I was told, but I still didn't
1: think I had a problem. And at 10 days in, something happened inside of me
0: that I can only describe as the worst pain I had ever been in. It had nothing to do with you know, getting my jaw broken. had nothing to do with any of the physical stuff that had ever happened to me. It had to do with my heart and it had to do, as we know, with my brain and what my brain was telling me. And even in the best of days today with 22 years, my brain is not my friend,
1: right? So you can imagine, and I was terrified and I broke down and I just started weeping, like out of the blue, all of out, the weight of my
0: pain and the suffering that I caused, the suffering I'd endured, was too much to bear. So I, I said, uh, you know, I got one of the, the guys to uh, Percy. I remember his name was Percy. Like, hey, Percy, where's Char? He was one of the techs, like the guys that guard you, you know, would keep you, where you're supposed to be and put you back in the van after the meetings that you go to. And uh, I remember I was on a TV show like just before going into rehab. So people would know who I was sometimes. And after the meetings, I'd be in the park. They'd go, hey, I don't mean to bother you. I know. But uh, give me an autograph. And then I'd be like, whatever, talking to them. And Percy would, Percy would go, hey, Bert, get in the fucking van. <laughs> you know, so... If you think like just real, remember who you are. Percy's yelling at you to get in the van to get back to the lock-in, the lock-in facility. Um, so Percy said you can't talk to her. She's in a she's in a staff meeting. I said I don't care. I got to talk to her. He wouldn't. He left. I broke into that staff meeting and I walked up to this woman. Fucking a mess, grown ass man, a mess, terrified, terrified. And I said, I got to talk to you. She took me into her office. I just said, yeah, I I cannot survive feeling the way I feel right now. I cannot survive. And I do scary. I did scary shit out there. Like I do scary athletic stuff. I would, you know, nobody was too big for me to fucking, you know, get into it with. I'm just a fucking crazy, crazy Irishman full of fear, full of fear. And it's all coming out then. And I'm just like, this and I'm like, you've got to give me something. You've got to give me something. And she said, I'll give you, I can't give you anything. I can give you this paper bag. You got to breathe into it because you're in a hyperventilating fall on my office floor. I actually literally did that. And I was like, what do you, so what, what the fuck am I supposed to do? Like fucking angry. What the fuck am I supposed to do? Yeah. And she said, uh, you said, she said, you know, what I suggest you do is go back to that room.
1: Like the room that I shared with those
0: four other fucking, you know, some <laughs> lunatics? Those guys? She's like, yeah, yeah, those guys, who you are exactly like. <laughs> and hit your knees and ask for help. I'm like, from what? From God? She's like, Unless you have another idea. Doesn't seem like you do. And I was just desperate enough, you know, that I went in there and I hit my knees and I said, God, I don't ever expect to feel better or feel good, but I can't survive feeling. I literally did not think I could survive feeling the way I felt in that moment. And like you said,
1: something happened. Something happened in that room on that day. And I bought what they have been saying. I bought that the solution was in here,
0: and fortunately was also in the twelve and twelve because I read I was reading this thing and you know Bill's going to war and this thing's happening and there's a doggerel and there's a plaque and it says this I'm like what the f- where the where's the shit that's going to help me <laughs> Do you know what I mean It's all rambling and crazy talk and but then I picked up the 12 and 12, and chapter one was step one. Chapter two was step two. I'm like, okay, I bought that this is the shit. This is my only shot. So I, I got to read step one, I got to read step two. Okay, what do I do? I surrender. Door's going to close, door's going to open. I'm like, wait, with the door? What's the door? Oh, you just put willingness. All... And then three. Like, how do I then in fact do it? I somehow drank the Kool-Aid to the extent that I bought Like, how does that happen? How does that happen, right? I got in, sorry to bore you, I got in God's grace.
1: That's what I call
0: it, because it's a fucking miracle that a guy like me, you know, a selfish liar. I have this, tell me if anybody else has this experience. (laughs) Tell me if anybody else has this experience. Sometimes I'll say stuff, I'll tell someone something, about my life or about, yeah, about my life, say. I'll tell them this whole thing and then I'll go,
1: wait a minute, everything I just said about myself was true. Like, I didn't lie or
0: embellish anything just then. You know, I won't say that to them. (laughs) But I'll be like, wait a minute, I just told the truth. Because, you know, back in the day, not getting caught in a lie was the same thing as telling the truth, you know, because I hated myself so much that I lied about stuff that I didn't even know why need to lie about. You know, I grew up in a family where I didn't have parents. Now, you know, they
1: did the best they could, but if, you, if anybody here grew up in a family of trauma, like I did, Ultimately, you're scared, you're terrified, you're confused, you don't know why, you look to your parents and it seems for a second like it, it's their
0: fault that you're feeling this way, but you say to yourself or at least I said to myself, no, 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 no. It can't be them. It can't be my parents because if it's my parents, The world is
1: fucked there's no love like so we can't be my parents so who is it it's me right and what took that feeling away and drugs whatever other party favors you had right and it did that you know so it did that you know and and and
0: so i was out of I I, I could get out of my, I could get out of that terror and I could be with people and I could, you know, and it, it allowed me to go to college, to go to grad school, to get a career. Alcohol did because I wasn't in that all the time. I mean, there was, you know, horrible hangovers and there was spree and remorse and it just got worse and worse and worse and worse. But I always, you know,
1: and then in that facility, you know, it was over, it was done. I don't have another sobriety date. I, tw- at like four months in, no, I'm sorry, not four months in, at like five weeks in,
0: she called me, into, Char called me into her office. She said, I have great news. I said, I'm going home. She said no. I mean, you can. I'm like, I, I I can.
1: She said, "Yeah, you shouldn't, but you can. You have great insurance. You can stay as long as you want." I'm like, "But aren't I doing okay?
0: Aren't I doing well?" She said, "You're doing really well. We should stay." Took a deep breath. First surrender was in that room on my knees. Second surrender was in that office with her, where she said, "You should stay." I said, "Can I call my dad?" And she said, yeah, you can call your dad. By now, my dad had been sober since I was 17. Saved a lot of lives in, Al- lot of lives in Alcoholics Anonymous. Died a month and a half ago. More about that
1: later. But uh, I went and I called my dad. I said, dad, they said I should stay. I said, you should stay. <laughs> I went back
0: in the room and I said, tell me when to leave. I get emotional talking about this right now because of the life that I've had as a result of those specific moments, right? I'm so grateful to be able to come down here and talk to people about this, especially if you're new. And Andrew, and Sterling, and were you new too? Were you trying to raise your hand to say you
1: were new? Yeah. You are? Yeah. What's your name? Dallas. Dallas. glad you're here i mean what can i tell you
0: you know what can i tell you i wish i got it at your age is what i can tell you you know it works the good news is it works the bad news is it's us you know (laughs) (laughs) but if you want help find a guy that's been through these steps as they're outlined in this book and your life can fucking change. I really thought it was about not drinking and not taking drugs and not cracking my car up and blah, blah, blah. I had no idea. I could have like, I could change my consciousness. Again, boring, weird, it's true though. You know, I in no way resemble the guy that came in here.
1: I, you know.
0: So I left, I got out of that place after about four and a half months. And um, I was still married to the crazy woman who punched me in the bar. <laughs> and, um, and I got out of there and I was a different guy, right? And I came home and, you know, she wants to do the dance of death and all the fucking craziness and, you know, fight, and fuck. And just like, and I'm like, ah, I have to take a nap from now. That. <laughs> oh, that's making me so tired, honey oh wow no I don't want to <laughs> and she couldn't take that you know she was gone she was gone within two months of me getting home from rehab right because I was like so in my first month out of rehab well no my first six months out of rehab I uh, she left and okay I don't like to be left, right? I was a, I was in a state of abandonment all my childhood. Fucking leave me? No, 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 no. That's the worst thing you can do to me is leave me. Somehow, I was okay. Now, I lost my house because <laughs> the career had started to really, you know,
1: kids are in private school. I lost my house. I lost my wife. I lost my house. <sighs> what else? Did- it was one, I think there's one other thing, but anyway, all I could do as a result of like
0: the, how terrified I was, was pouring myself into Alcoholics Anonymous. My ex, the kid's mom, God love her. She moved to Santa, she moved from Santa Barbara. She, you know, she had a lot of money. She bought a house right, right near me. So she could take care of the kids. while I did my first year and year and or, or yeah, year. And um, all I did was go to meetings. Drive down Ventura Boulevard, like fucking smoking cigarettes, looking in the book. You know, this is when they still had the book. You know, I'm like, when's the next meeting? When can I go to the next meeting? You know, going to a meeting, smoking cigarettes, listening to a speaker tape. Like I was out of my mind. I was so terrified of drinking again. I was so terrified of drinking again. And I would hear people go, yeah, the obsession just left. Just, it just left. I started saying that because I still wanted to drink. Yeah, it's gone you know it's just gone maybe if i tell people the obsession's gone it'll leave but i still wanted alcohol i still wanted it on a cellular level but i did not so i just started going to meetings and i and i uh you know i got to about i did a bullshit 4 step and treatment right Uh, i did the first three steps and then i did you know they bring some guy in and he doesn't really care if he doesn't really listen or whatever and we kind of stopped halfway. I didn't. I didn't. I didn't do it out of the book, but in about six months, I was going out of my mind. And I used to go to this meeting in More, uh, Studio City every morning at nine a.m. Um, at this place called Moore Park. And I, I said one morning, and I'm sharing and being an idiot, you know, and getting in fight. I'm getting in fights at the meeting, you know, because I'm still angry. I haven't done a four step. I haven't done the work, and. Uh, and I finally said one day I raised my hand and I just said, Hey, I don't know about you. I, I seems to be working for all of you guys, but this, I'm going out of my mind. I want to drink. I'm sorry about the fight on the lawn yesterday, <laughs> you know, and I remember being out there. This guy said, this guy, this guy was talking behind me and I, and I said, Hey, can you guys keep it down? And I and he goes, "Why don't you get to the meeting on time?" And I jump up. I go, "Hey, fuck you!" He goes, "You know, anyway, I just like okay. stop the meeting." Blah blah blah. Then he goes out and he waits for me after the meeting on one. I go out and we're like, we're we're squaring up to like whatever, and like I'm thinking, and I'm thinking like, ah, oh, everybody's gonna be watching. Everybody, and people are just like walking by. <laughs> Nobody's paying any attention
1: to me and this guy. I'm like,
0: but I stood up at this meeting and um, and I said, it's not working for me. I want to drink. I'm miserable. I'm terrified. If anybody has anything, if anybody has any ideas, come up and talk to me after the meeting. And I, that's the last time I ever said that in an AA meeting, by the way. Because you get, but um, guy came up to me and he said, have you written a four step out of the big book about Alcoholics Anonymous?" I'm like, no, I haven't. He said, you want to? I said, yes. And I did that, you know, and my life started to change. I fell into a, a men's group um, that focused, it was a very unusual men's group. I've, I've been to gay meetings. I've been to straight meetings. I've never been to a meeting that was literally half gay men, half straight men. I don't, don't know how that happened, but that was it. And it was focused on the, uh, the inventory process. And um, Staying current through the inventory process, process, 10 steps, 10 steps, 10 So you stay current with your fears and your um, resentments, sexual misconduct, if you're lucky enough, I don't
2: know.
0: <laughs> <laughs> and, you know. And my life started to change, started sponsoring guys. I have a sponsor today, he knows, he's my sponsor. I have sponsees, they have sponsees. There's a men's meeting in my living room on Monday nights. It's called the rebellion dogs. Um, you're in LA. Grab my number on a Monday night, seven to eight. We read the big book and then we share on what we read in the big book that night, unless you have
1: a pressing matter that, you know, you'd benefit from sharing. Uh, I got married again in sobriety. My, uh, my wife, um, We had
0: a great, we had a a really great marriage and I had a a child later in life. My son, Henry's 14, amazing kid. Remember, I don't like to be left, right? I do not. It's the worst thing you can do to me.
1: So um, eight years into the marriage, which would have been six years ago, my wife, Leslie,
0: comes to me. Or I come down, and, uh, I come home, I come down into the kitchen one morning and I say, hey, you still love me, right? Just kidding around. And when you say, you still love me, right, to your wife, and there's a pause. <laughs> I just said, I do, but, um, and then there's a but. <laughs> anyway, um, six years ago, we had a talk and she told me that she had fallen in love with a woman and um, that she wanted to work on that relationship
1: and um, with that person. And, um, and once again, I was going to be left. But this is with a bunch of sobriety. I still had to do
0: the work on what that brought up from the days I was talking about when I was on Santa's lap going, seriously, dude. So I did that work. I had to do that work. I got to get a divorce from that woman. She got to marry the woman she was really in love with. They're so in love, so in love. And I never had to say anything bad about her to my son. You know, we're great friends today. This is surrender, talking about surrender. I'm not capable of doing that unless I have you guys. Like that's not in my DNA. You know like I burned my house down with her in it. That's what I do. Fucking leave me. (laughs) (laughs) That didn't happen. You know? That didn't happen. And I fucking, she's awesome. I I know now why I married her more than I knew then why I married her. She's fantastic. She's just She just doesn't like what I'm selling. (laughs) I happen to like what I'm selling. And I think, you know, it should be appreciated.
1: So I was talking about, I was talking about uh, my father. So my
0: dad, uh, he, 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 he changed a lot of men's life in, in in Alcoholics Anonymous in, in Boston, in and around Boston when he got sober got out of his business and he devoted his life to like making pretty much no money and and helping men who struggle with alcoholism and drug addiction. I was in a meeting in South Boston a few years ago and there were a bunch of guys from this place called The Answer House. And they were all the guys who were like, like just serious as heart attacks. Had Had done it many, many times. Were on their third strike, you know. This is serious fucking you know, criminal behavior that goes on in South Boston and and a virulent form of alcoholism. And they were all from this place called The Answer House. And I went, wait a minute, are you guys from The Answer House? Like, Answer over on blah, blah? He's like, they're like, yeah. I'm like, my dad started that place like 40 years ago. They're like, is your dad Paul Burns? I said, yeah. He started with Dr. Blah, blah. They're like, yeah,
1: man. Yeah, man, that's where we are. That's where we are, you know, whoo, you know, took my breath away. So, uh, you know, he's the reason I'm here. He's the reason a lot of guys are, you know, have lives.
0: And, uh, and, 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 and we, uh, we found out um, about, uh, about two months ago, like that he he was 97 and his, he had like a heart attack. He had a heart attack, but he was fit as a fiddle, sharp as a tack. He had a heart attack, and uh, and then he got over that. It was fine. Ninety-seven. What he that was no problem for him. But his kidneys didn't come back. I mean, if you're ninety-seven, your kidneys fail. You know, you're you're not you're not going to make it. And they 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 told him, you know, the nurse, the doctor. He lives right now, He lived right next to us. Uh, uh, Mass General Hospital, and his doctor there had been there for like twenty five years, taking care of him. He lived right next door, just like I don't even think he had to go outside to get into the hospital. <laughs> and uh, and she, you know, she knelt down at his desk and uh, and at his bed, excuse me, and said, you know, Paul, it's been such an honor to treat you all these years, and we've, <clears throat> you know, we've always been able to send you home, and I don't, and I, and this time we're not going to be able to, Paul.
1: And um, you know, and she
0: started to cry, she's doctor starts to cry, and he just puts her his hand on her cheek,
1: you know, to say it's okay, it's okay, it's gonna be okay. Like once again, like telling her,
0: they're for her, they're for his wife. I know because his wife told me that this all happened, and he put his hand, he was making sure that they his doc. And his wife were gonna be okay. And he was letting them know, it's okay. It's okay. It's okay. So, you know, he's supposed to five days go by, he's in critical care, just doesn't die. And she comes she, in, she goes, Paul, I hate to say this, but we gotta we gotta kick you out. We gotta kick you out. We need the room. And all they're giving him is two aspirin a day. He's in a critical care unit, they need that bed. He goes, Thank you, get me home. <laughs> they put him out, we get a hospital, we put him in his living room and uh, he lived for 30 days. And he
1: was like, you know, you talk about faith, you talk about strong men, you talk about, you know, spiritual warriors that we can, be, that we can become as a result of what
0: we go through here, men and women. This guy like cheated his way over to the South Pacific at 16 to get on a destroyer to fight in World War II, you know, he was a war hero
1: and, uh,
0: and, uh, and he called me like, he called me like a week before he died. He's like, okay, so he forgot that he'd already told me, he goes, all right, Jerry, so this is the thing. Kidneys are gone. So. We're just gonna have a great time. People are gonna come see me. Blah 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 blah. My like, dad, I know. Yeah, I know. I know. Anyway, the last night, he, uh, my sister, my stepsister was was sitting in a in a what lived in a like a what do you call those things recliner next to his bed for the whole thirty days, and she used to call us and tell us what he was uh, what he would say in the middle of the night and in his sleep, and um, <clears throat> the night he died, he uh, he. She said, he, he, he woke her up by saying, laughing, and then saying, um, what the fuck? (laughs) (laughs) And she's like, what's Paul doing? And then he laugh again and he said, you know, I mean, pardon the, lang- the the Navy talk, but what the fuck? <laughs> you know, and he was, uh, you know, I don't know what you believe in, but he was clearly seeing where he knew he was going, you know, and he had faced his death like that way for the whole two last two months. Like, oh, this is amazing, this and that, don't worry, we're gonna blah, blah. And he died laughing you know? And I just want to, and I mentioned that because obviously it means so much to me and that story means a lot to me. I I, I, I was in the car and I'll wrap up. Um, I was in the car driving my son to school. It's like five 30 in the morning, he plays water polos. I have to get pooled. And, uh, and the phone rings, I've stopped at a red light and the phone rings and my brother Peter on the East coast, Five thirty in the morning here. So I know dad died. I know I'm about to hear the news and, uh, Peter tells me, and then later I hear the story from Mary about what dad said. And I take my kid to school and I, and I uh, drop him off. We have a little talk and then I, get, I, start, my, I start driving my car and I all of a sudden realize I have no idea where I'm going. I know I'm going west, but I have no idea where I'm going. I'm just driving the car. Usually I, I find the quickest route. I go navigate. Blah, 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 I'm just driving the car. I'm shaking, da, da, da. And I realized where I'm going is I'm going to this, unbeknownst to me, and I hadn't been there in months, I'm going to the seven o'clock AA meeting at, at, um, at the log cabin. Like dad's in the car with me, going, let's go to a meeting, let's go to a meeting. I swear to God, I pull in, I park the car, I walk up the steps, secretary comes up to me, he goes, hey, could you by any chance be our 45 minute speaker. (laughs) He just canceled. I'm like, absolutely, absolutely. Like, where the fuck does that shit happen? And I got to talk about who I was and why I was there, right? Now I haven't made up any of the stuff I
1: just (laughs) told you. I haven't embellished anything. That's the life I was given here in Alcoholics Anonymous. So thank you for my life.